probably did hate Mayo and we thought it was hate at the time because these guys are trying to take away our dreams. The Football Pod live Thursday June 2nd in Castle Bar. Check out otbsports.com forward slash events and get your tickets now. All right, let's get started. This is GA Late Night here uh, off the ball Sunday night GA show where we're looking back on the weekend's action, the weekend's performances, outstanding performances, some of them, some very disappointing. We want to hear from you. What do you think? There's lots to talk about tonight, football and hurling. Cork are back. Clare and Limerick, a classic draw in Ennis. The dubs, no problem. Some some worried about Mead. A lot of dubs didn't, and they were the ones who were right. Lots going on. Derry into her first Ulster final since 2011. So much to talk that we want to hear from you. Just press the little request button down the corner and I'll bring you on air. Delighted that our uh, co-host tonight, uh, a Cork man, a happy Cork man, Shawnee McGrath. Um, how are you? I have to bring you in there, Shawnee, sorry. Shawnee is with us, but now, Shawnee, can you hear me now? Hi, Mike. Sorry about that. It's my first night doing this. Tommy's on holidays and uh, I obviously couldn't unpress the mute button. So not a great start there, Shawnee, but uh, a pretty good, not a great start to the Munster Championship for Cork, but back tonight, today, uh, you were down in Walsh Park in Waterford. What, Cork have put themselves in a serious chance with the result in Ennis now, just so people know, if Cork beat Tip, they will be true to the next round on the head-to-head. They'll finish third in the Munster Championship. And Waterford, shockingly, the, everyone's tip as the only challenger to Waterford this year will be gone. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, I mean, I, I suppose the whole landscape over the last couple of months um, has been yo-yoing, really. I mean, if you go back six, eight weeks ago, down in Cork after we played Kenya in the league semi-final, Mike, the whole place was buzzing. Um, and I think pundits around the country had us probably earmarked for being contenders for all Ireland titles, right up there maybe with Limerick, maybe just behind, maybe top of the chasing pack. And then you fast forward to a you know a poor league final and two poor outings in the championship. Um and it was all doom and gloom and certainly heading down this morning towards Waterford, you were really going down there, just hoping that the team would put in a good performance and maybe just get a bit of a the bit of the bite and the buzz back in Cork hurling. Not really too many really I genuinely expecting a result, but what we got was um what we got, I think, was a set of players that just probably had enough was enough. Um, let's give this a right cut. Um, and, you know, there'd been loads of talk, I suppose, about formations, layouts, game plans. But for me today, and while they got loads of that right as well, um, I think players, specific players, individual players just manned up um, and were just absolutely outstanding. Uh, Harmody, Lehan, Young Joyce, fellas like that, that. And the two boys that... You know, Mark Coleman and Dara Fitz, who got a lot of stick for his midfield performance against Clare. Oh my God, I thought he was an absolute revelation. So it was a mix of a couple of things. And thankfully, coming up the road or heading back the road this evening, um, and I do you know there was a pep in the step because, as you said, it's all to play for now next week. Just a massive, massive opportunity to come out of a group that looked dead and buried uh, this time, this time a couple of hours ago, really. Yeah, absolutely. We'll get we'll dig into it all, Shawnee, in more detail. And obviously, if you were down in Walsh Park, or look, we're going to have the Cork perspective. What about the Waterford perspective? Uh, in big, big trouble now when it didn't look so likely just a few weeks ago. So do get in touch with us. Claire Limerick fans, we want to hear from you as well. We want to hear, look, Kilkenny fans. Kilkenny, big win yesterday over Dublin. Like, really, really handy. Put themselves in the mix. What about Westmead? Uh, unbelievable draw. Let's run through the, fix, uh, the results, actually, for the weekend. Many ones missed it. We'll start with the hurling, as that's what we're talking about here in Munster. Uh, Waterford 119, Cork 222. 
and then Clare 24 points, Limerick 121 in Ennis. That puts both of them teams into the Munster final. Um, we'll get into that as well in a few minutes. In Leinster yesterday, Dublin 17 points, Kilkenny 325, Leash 21 points, Galway 237. But the big result um, for everybody there was uh, Westmead 215, Wexford 21 points. A draw there, uh, something that's been coming for Westmead. We'd love to hear from Westmead hurling fans. An amazing, amazing night in Cusack Park in Mungar last night. Uh, the John McDonough then, listen, the John McDonough's in unbelievable shape. Mead 313, Antrim 729 today, an unbelievable score. Uh, Mead, unfortunately, just seem a little bit out of their depth at that level. Carlo 225, down 119, and a cracker yesterday down in Kerry. Uh, Kerry 228, Offaly 423. Sean, you'd be sick uh, losing a match score 228, wouldn't you? Oh, yeah. And I heard it was an absolute cracker altogether. So, yeah, anything north of Turkey, you think you're winning, Mike? So I'll tell you where the landscape of hurling is today that you, you can score that much and still not win. It's incredible. Uh, I know. Here's, I, I wanted to mention the Joe McDonough because it, it's, it's, it's all set up lovely for next week. At the moment, Antrim and Offaly will play in the final. But Antrim and Offaly both on six points. Uh, Kerry and Carlo both on four. They all play each other next week. Antrim play Kerry in their last game. Offaly play Carlo in their last game. So that's unbelievably poised for the last round of fixtures. In football, what about this? Monaghan, 17 points. Derry, 3-12. Derry, true to their first Ulster final since 2011. And what a way to do it as well. To beat Tyrone, to beat the All-Ireland champions, and then to go and take care of business against Monaghan. We'd love to hear from both Derry and Monaghan fans, anyone who might have been at that game today. Uh, Derry are going to do it the hard way if they go. If they are going to go and win Ulster their first in '98, they've got Donegal in the next round, and people will remember last year Derry very, very close to beating Donegal in the Ulster Championship. It was straight knockout then; they didn't get a second chance. But um, you know, this time they will look definitely fancy their chances, and what a way to go through Ulster if it is. If again, if you're listening and you want to get involved, just please press the request button to speak, and I'll get you on. The air pretty quickly. Just the other football results then briefly. In Munster last night, Limerick are through to the Munster final to face, Ker- to face, face Kerry. Uh, that's Limerick 210, tip 10 points, tip go into the Talchon Cup. Dublin, as I mentioned earlier, took care of business against uh, Mead. Not an unusual score for the uh, Leinster Championship over the last few years. Dublin 127, Mead 114. People did expect a little bit more from Mead today. It wasn't coming. Or were Dublin at their brilliant best. I'd love to hear from people who were at Co Park. That game wasn't on TV. We were watching the hurling. Want to know a little bit more about how the Dubs performed and how Mead performed. And then the first game there, Kildare, who will play Dublin in the final, beat Westmead 121 to 215. So, want to hear from all of you on any of those subjects, or even an even more general GEA subjects, please do get involved in the show. But, Shawnee, we do want to dig in a little bit more to the Cork match. You mentioned a few names there earlier, but, you know, I suppose at times when the chips are down and, you know, there's so much talk from all, from Cork, from within Cork and without, all week long, and I suppose for the last few weeks, and then... A performance like Seamus Harndy's for me, it's like a guy who's been there for so long and has been such a leader for that team. And he was just outstanding from start to finish today, wasn't he? Yeah, he was incredible. Um, like I suppose by half time he had he had two points. He got one super point just before the break, uh, where he didn't really look. He just threw it over his shoulder, right hand strike. But definitely in the second half, and you know at half time. I'd say at halftime, Cork were, you know, had hurled well, but I'd say they were a little bit worried because the breeze was quite strong um, and probably felt that, you know, Waterford's, you know, Waterford, I thought were, were, they were lackluster all through, Mike. I mean, the goal they got after Cork's goal was a bit, you know, against the run of play, really. Um, Desi Hutchison got a second chance after being blocked down. Porig 
Porig, um, Patrick Horton actually cut in. Um, a good shot. I'd say Patrick Collins is an excellent keeper. He might have been a little bit disappointed with the rebound um, and it went straight to Kylie. He's, you know, it was completely against the run of play. But I'd say, you know, I certainly felt at halftime that Warford will come with, you know, thunder. Um, same against Tipperary, you know. They were lackluster as well in the first half against Tip, but in the second half they really thundered into the game and I expected that to come from them. But, you no, know, Cork were very patient. They kept the aggression levels good and high, the intensity good and high. And like I said there in the intro, like the key players just continued to play well. They didn't taper off their their um their concentration levels, their teamwork. Um, they stuck to the game plan, but at the same time went very very direct. And I did mention him yet. I just thought Alan Connolly as well. Even outside the two goals, Mike, um, he just troubled the full back line. He just created a bit of mayhem when he went in there and. Like I, I, I like that too about when Newfell is kind of come in, you know, it really gets the crowd going. You know, the Cork public, you know, we know him from the club scene, but you know, a lot of players kind of, you know, or a lot of people out there watching the game, you know, would may not have seen a whole pile of him. We know his qualities; he's been absolutely brilliant for Black Rock over the last couple of years. But when you get young lads like that coming in, it kind of gets a bit of a buzz going as well when they do something good and flashy. His two goals were expertly taken. He was already looking at to get a third, so. Yeah, I just thought that it was it was a kind of um I'd heard different rumblings from the camp during the week about what they were reading and hearing as well, you know, within the media circles. And I just said they they looked like a team that were throwing the shackles off, giving it one massive go. We've nothing to lose. Um if we lose, let's go down fighting. But I think they could smell like we definitely could smell blood in the crowd, you know, that you know, Waterford's freeze were poor. Um I they probably ended up with three free takers. They hovered between Stephen Bennett and, and Austin Gleeson yeah. early on. Then Patrick Curtin took the last one. And even the free he took looked actually wide. So they were they were struggling with the free taking. But I don't know, did they get it wrong? Like they were ballooning balls up and they were outnumbered and then they had to run it. And Cork kind of had extra men back. So I think they got things wrong as well and their performance levels were, 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 were poor, even though Gleeson was excellent. So, But for Cork, with, with the Cork focus and the Cork cap on, it was an absolutely brilliant performance. And as I said earlier, it gives them a massive chance now to qualify next week. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, huge chance. Like, I mean, you'd have to put them as favourites at this stage. You don't know how much Tip have to play for. Look, Tip could technically still get through, I suppose, if uh, if Clare beat Waterford and a lot of things would have to go their way, points difference-wise, but they're as good as out. So, you know, it's an interesting one next week. Just on Waterford then, on TV, you mentioned it a little bit there, but on TV, they look leggy I don't know not, not like tired but as if they just never got to the full pace of the game uh, as you mentioned some of the tactics were a little bit questionable it felt to me like come you know about 25 minutes into that game Cork got a run after the Waterford goal and it was like as if they had no answers it's like they weren't ready for it which beggars belief really um, did it feel like that in the ground? It did oh absolutely Mike I mean I suppose there's a lot of talk about Waterford and they're excellent and you know what they, they, you know it's going to be we'll see next week no I mean I still think they have a huge chance you know and you know Clare qualify for them once the final what will they do will Brian Lowe experiment a little bit and give fringe players an opportunity um, which could benefit benefit Waterford um, but like Cork have contested you know semi-finals regularly in the last couple of years they contested last year's all Ireland final so while Cork went into the game with poor form, they're every bit, they're every bit experienced as experienced, if not even more experienced than Waterford. So you know, home partisan crowd, everyone expecting, like, and I, I include myself in this. Like at the start of the year, 
Maitri to come out, you know, out of that group or Limerick, Waterford. You know, I, I tipped Cork, but that could have been as much parochial as that else. I always felt Clare were there, thereabouts. I always felt Brian Lowe was doing a good job up there um, and they were desperate and lucky last year. But the pressure, I'd say, on Waterford was absolutely monumental, Mike, and the pressure on Cahill as well. Um, you know, he's an outside manager. He's down there to prove a point. He's top class. Um, and I'd say, you know, he, he went for the league and he won it. And to win another title, which would have been maybe a monster title, I'd say, was very much on his radar. That's gone now. So I'd say between management, the players, and the fans being for, you know, more success after a great league title, they look like a team under ferocious pressure and they never really played with the abandon that Cork did, moving the ball, fellas' touch being good, um, you know, you know, ball going in that you'd know in over the last 12 months or two years, maybe you would associate with fast, quick ball in and good control from the Waterford lads. You know, their first, second touch was a bit sloppy. They weren't winning rocks. Um, so I think, yeah, as a mix of pressure on them going into the game, that was self-inflicted and then definitely pressure that Cork forced on them because there was just an eagerness and sharpness in the Cork tackle, great purpose. So when you add the two of those things, um, yeah, Waterford were very, very disappointed. And I'd say I've just seen some comments that Liam Cahill has come up with since. And um, I'm not so sure if they're going to have, if they're having heart-to-heart meetings during the week, I, I wouldn't mind being a fly in the wild there. I'd say there'll be, um, there'll be a few chairs and cups of tea flying around, I'd say. And knowing him as a character, he's a tough nut. Um, he won't have been happy with that at all today. Like. Yeah. Might be too late though. That's the problem. If Cork win, I like the head to head comes before points difference. So if Cork yeah. win next Sunday, Waterford are gone. And yeah, I do think, Mike. Though I like, I definitely think. I think there's a fierce thing in in Tipperary, Believe it or not, yeah. I, I, I like. I was at a couple of the underage games. I was at the mine or at the under twenty game in Turles a couple of weeks ago, and when Tip got a run on Cork, you know the famous Tip 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 chant. <laughs> Um, that mm-hmm. we, I've heard it enough times, Shani. <laughs> Do you know? Oh. <laughs> it certainly doesn't make the hair on the back of our neck stand up. God almighty. <laughs> but um, it started in the ground. And like, you know, with respect, it was an under-20 cha- under championship game. Um, there wasn't a huge crowd. It was probably two, 3,000 max. Um, but like, they love, <laughs> same as us beating them, they love beating Cork. They don't want to get what you'd call, I suppose, the wooden spoon. Um, you know, I think that the last day against Limerick, they showed what they're about. Um, they have huge ability and they have great pride in the jersey. So I certainly don't think that's a foregone conclusion. I think it's going to be a massive task for Cork to go up and beat them next week, Mike. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, listeners, you're a bit you're a bit quiet today. I don't know. I, I'm dying to hear from someone who was at Crow Park today. I want to hear how to go trade. I'd love to hear from Monaghan or Derry fans and talk a little bit about football on the show. So hit that request button and we'll get there's plenty of people listening, but nobody seems to want to get involved, Sean. They must... They must be enjoying listening to the analysis of uh, of the game in Walsh Park today. But uh, just, I want to go back to something you were saying. Harnsey mentioned in his uh, Man the Match interview about the the voices. He mentioned, you know, there's some, you know, rumours here and there about how the players were going to react during the week and what they were saying about it. Like, how bad did it get in Cork? I know it's not like, you know, Paddy O'Shea obviously made his comment about uh, Kerry football fans back in the day. Uh, Cork Hurling fans wouldn't be too far off that. I'd say it's been a bit rough enough to live around uh, to, uh, to be one of the players over the last few weeks. Yeah, like, yeah, I think so. Definitely, Mike. I mean, um, you know, I mean, the Cork fan would be respectful, obviously. Um, there's no one kind of making any personal, you know, derogatory remarks individually. I think just collectively as a group, 
you know, the Cork fan has been very disappointed with, you know, they're saying words like lack of effort, um, you know, lack of bite and lack of spirit. They were the kind of words I was hearing. Um, and I think frustration as well, Mike, because like each player on that team, they're there on merit. They're top class. Um, you know, as I mentioned, players like Lee Han. I mean, you see him in the club scene here with, with Middleton. Um, and he's just an absolute revelation. and has been a brilliant servant for Cork over the last couple of years. I was involved with him for four years from 12 to 15. And you couldn't ask for, you know, a better guy to be involved in your setup. Like, great trainer, incredible skills, an unbelievable scorer. We'll get the Holy Mary scores out in the wing that kind of get the crowd going. And, you know, he took over the free-taking mantle today, um, scored three excellent points from play. So we know that there are players in that setup that are top, top class. So frustration was another use, a word being used around town that, God almighty, as I said earlier, like, how could it go from beating Kilkenny in an absolute classic. Now, I know it's league, and you see how Limerick are doing at the moment in Clare, league and championship are poles apart, but we just looked like we had kind of psychologically gotten over that wound from the All-Ireland final last year with a good league campaign. We were losing without playing that well against Kilkenny at halftime in that semi-final and thundered into the game. We were absolutely outstanding in the second half. So around town, the move was really good. So I think over the last couple of weeks, fellas were saying, how in the name of God can it go so wrong so fast? Um, so yeah, like the players were obviously hurting. I didn't obviously hear what Shamey said, but knowing him as well and having been involved with him, like, um, fellas talk about Shamey Harry, like as if he's an old fella, like he's only 31. <laughs> um, there's loads of life left in that dog. And, um, you know, he just showed incredible leadership. He was involved in the goal, you know, beautiful pass into, into Shane Kingston, a brilliant bit of intelligence from Shane where he kind of scooped it back up to, into Connolly and like that was a hard finish you had to, you had to catch and finish quickly it was a very risky strike um, on the edge of the square it was a brilliant brilliant finish um, and I'd say yeah I'd say the hurt that those players felt especially after the first half they rallied a bit in the second half but after the first half against Clare it was such a, a, a kind of a limp effort um, and they know they're better so and maybe look there's a lot of talk, talk about the psychology side, Caroline Courage is doing an incredible job with Limerick. Cork have used Gary Keegan in the past. Dougie Holder has been involved. And, you know, whatever sort of sprinkling of dust that Keegan threw onto it um, during the week in some of their chats, I suppose, outside the training ground. You know, he obviously reiterated words like ability, you know, being there before, um, you know, not a bad team overnight. You can imagine the different words that were being used. Um, and they obviously listened because today they were just back to their, right back to their best. Yeah, um, they really were, yeah. And look, it's, it is some reaction in fairness to them, um, you have to say. Uh, just before we get back to, um, hopefully we'll have, I think we have somebody from Crow Park that, uh, who was at Crow Park today who wants to chat to us. But just before we move off to Hurling briefly, I know you wouldn't have seen it all because uh, you were probably heading back from Waterford, but uh, there was a real... Uh, I don't know, there was a real Munster Championship feeling to uh, Clare and Limerick today. Uh, a draw, obviously, in the end, a great match. Tony Kelly had one of his Tony Kelly games, a controversial sending off. But I suppose what fed the atmosphere, seeing as Limerick already in a Munster final, was the fact that it was in Ennis and a local derby and a packed crowd. You were obviously at a home game that didn't go the way Waterford would have wanted it, but for the first half an hour and in the build-up, again, a small venue and a packed crowd, the home and away stuff has been, even if Cork didn't get all their home matches this year, has really just been um, a massive addition, hasn't it? To, like, obviously, we all know how great the round robins are, but I was thinking that during the game at Ennis today, how 
like this match would have just been played in front of 20,000 in Thurlis and been kind of forgettable from an atmosphere point of view. Yeah, no, I couldn't I couldn't agree more. I mean, I was a little bit not against the, the whole round robin setup, the, the home and away stuff. You know, I was a little bit worried about the calendar stuff, you know, being so early in the year, so early in the year. But, oh my God, I just think the hurling in the last couple of weeks has been absolutely outstanding. Um, and the home and away thing has brought another another dimension to it. Um, my wife's from Ennis, so, you know, I, I like, yeah, I, I actually got home and saw the first half recorded, so I watched the second half after. But, you know, I, I'd have plenty of contacts up there. known for the last 20 odd years, so I had lads that were texting and ringing during the game and getting the updates. Um, so I, I was getting sort of bird's eye view, if you want. Um, but there's so much passion in Clare, like every other county, like they're no different to any other county. But, you know, I kind of know the club scene and I know people involved up there and they love their hurling so much. You know, I think I think these counties are due games like this. I think I think they should have, you know, they should be on the J calendar that massive into county games. Even Mike for the local economy, even for fellas going for a few points after and getting a buzz around the town. Um, you know, and it's the same a couple of years ago there, they had the flag all up there. I know I know we're going off point a little bit, but just what these events um do for, for the locality, I can imagine the buzz up in Ennis now tonight, up in Knox's and the Queens and all the pubs above Taylor's, Ryan Taylor's oh, yeah. in the square. I said the place is hopping and he had a good game himself. So I couldn't agree more. Um, and what was it, eighteen or 19,000, 10 or 11,000 um, packed into Walsh Park today. Um, no unfairness to the GA, I think they've got that right. Yeah, absolutely. We are, uh, we've got uh, someone who was at Crow Park today, uh, Owen Sheehan. Owen, um, OTB AM presenter, of course. You were there scouting uh, in case the dubs are back. And uh, just you know, make sure that Kerry have all the information that they need. Owen, are the dubs back, or were they ever even gone away? Yeah, that that's the key question, isn't it? To what to what extent have they actually gone away? I I I don't know. Like they were really really good for a half today. I'm not sure where many people watching it on GA go. I suspect most of the neutrals would have had the hurling on, and uh, and actually sorry, the, the the game on BBC probably on top of that as well. Sure, clash with the Dublin game. So I'd say it kind of faded into the background a little bit, and after half time there was really nothing to speak about in this game at all like they, they actually went tit for tat for the majority of the second half and that old adage about you know Mead winning the second half that was set at half time well they actually went out and achieved it but like it was it was properly over at half time I don't think many people could actually kind of believe that that we're kind of back to where we were from a couple of years ago like we all obviously clearly just got carried away a little bit by what Mead did last year against Dublin <laughs> in, in, that, in that third quarter Maybe to an extent to, uh, to an extent what Kildare did in that Leinster final last year, but this was kind of back to real 2019, 2020 level. It felt like the one like if, if we're, we're properly clutching at straws here, if we really want to clutch at straws. I've just got the Wikipedia open here of the Dublin Meath rivalry. It was one thirteen they scored last year, nine points before that, four points before that, eleven points before that, one ten before that, fourteen points before that. They scored one thirteen today. Sorry, one fourteen today. So that's as, that's as much. That's more than they scored in any game against Dublin uh, in this terrible run that they're going on at the moment. So since the five nine they scored in twenty ten, one thirteen, one fourteen that they scored today is their highest tally. But believe me when I'm telling you that this is the biggest clutching of straws of all time because that <laughs> that doesn't replicate it at all. But if you're looking for some sort of statistical crumb of comfort, that that maybe is it. And, and it's mostly a crumb of comfort because you might say that Kildare full forward line could do damage to Dublin. And maybe we'll get a game in that final, but I'm pretty cautious on that level after what we saw today. 
Yeah, did we see anything from Mead before the game was over as such? Because the scoreline wouldn't suggest that. No. As you're following the game live. There was a Jordan Morris opportunity after eight minutes, I want to say, that kind of like just glanced wide, but it didn't really look like it was going in. Like It took him 14 minutes, I think it was, for them to actually get off the mark. And it was Brian Menton who got their first score. Like that inside forward line uh, in those early stages just were was was relatively ineffective and Morris himself ended up getting sent off late in the game straight red card kind of summed up the frustration of him like he tries to do a lot obviously inside there but they just they just don't have the quality and they, it seems that they're just a, a good deal off Dublin physically as well and it, it, it's just deja vu make like we could copy and paste the conversation it feels from that uh, 2020 game when they absolutely yeah. annihilated them in, in around Christmas time or November time and, and paced it into today, you know. What kind of a crowd is there? 38,000. Uh, Not like, bad, I mean, actually, is it? It's better than they expected in some ways. I think it was better than they got last year for the same double bill. Yeah, yeah. Like, and, and there was obviously like a bit of a buzz for the first few minutes, but it just gets deflated so quickly. Like, the first game was exciting. Like, and the, the first half so, yeah. Yeah, like for, for there to be a three-point gap at the end kind of does show that like Westmeadville there is a game that you know you, you would watch again next season if if they played again. And like even just speaking to Jack Cooney afterwards, like he was really positive about what his emotions were during the game. Like he felt that Westmead could have won the game. Really, it, it felt. Uh, as as the game wore on, but like I, I think that Kildare team is is pretty good up front, and that, that collection of forwards they have is is excellent. So that, there was a bit of a buzz around that. Whereas you're kind of like looking out for a bit of atmosphere and a bit of uh, energy coming from the hill, and like they really kind of the hill really thrived off the mid goalkeeper coming up in the first half, taking his time and then pinging two frees wide. Like the Dublin fans loved that. That that was like a real sort of. Oh, I don't know, it was really like kicking a man while he was down at, at that point. And um, Mead, Mead was just down for the whole thing. It, it just ha- it happened so quickly, so early. And you thought it's very, very hard for them to get into a position where they're going to make this thing competitive. Yeah. You're all very shy, lads. Come on. I want to hear from I want to hear from Dublin fans. Look, I understand that Mead fans feel a bit kicked. Do you know who I'd love to hear from? Westmead hurling fans, or even Westmead football fans uh, who were unlucky playing the thing. But... In the, in the in the semi-final against Kildare Zones just talking about but Westmead Hearn had an amazing result yesterday so come on do get involved if you're listening Derry, Monaghan we want to hear from you all um, Owen uh, who played well for uh, who played well for Dublin today who, who kind of stood out even in even in one of those typical Leinster uh, final performance Leinster championship performances that we can't take too much notice of yeah they, they brought this kid called James McCarthy into the team Today and he was he was pretty good from half back. Kieran Kilkenny was excellent. Like I, I mean, he's obviously been the fulcrum of that attack for so long, and I think maybe just like once he starts, well, like once he he has these games where he's kicking points as well as being the centerpiece of the attack, he's pretty unstoppable. He finished with three. Cormac Costello kicked four points actually. He was very tidy today. Every time he got the ball, he looked dangerous. And for me, like in like if we're analysing. Like our Dublin back, like we're obviously talking about the six in a row team, and like Dublin aren't back to that, and it'll be very, very hard to see if they will get back to that. But if they're going to get close to that, they'll need like a new player is bursting through, or maybe some of the unsung heroes having good games. And Lorcan O'Dell felt today was maybe his best performance in a Dublin shirt. Right, that's he, interesting. Yeah, it is like that for me stuck out. I'm sure if there's Dublin fans on there on the line here who like went to every single league game and watched every single game they might be able to correct me on it but uh, having watched maybe three four of their league games and, and being there today I think that was he was very good yeah he was he was really good so that, that's like very very encouraging for them because it felt to me 
when there was going to be a switch to the team. Like Niall Scully could have come in as well, but Desi Farrell trusted Lorcan O'Dell over him. That's kind of the yeah. read I got on it. So that probably tells you all you need to know about how he's going in training. So if they manage to clean another player on, on top of what they have, they'll be in, they'll be in good shape. Like they, they are still bringing quality off the bench is, is the thing. Like Johnny Cooper, Niall Scully, Paddy Small were their first three subs off the bench today. It's just they're kind of at, they're kind of at the end of their tether. Like I know that sounds really harsh, but it's just that after you get beyond those three subs and maybe four subs in everybody's fish, it, 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 there is a bit of a drop-off in, in reputation. Like Shane Clayton and Brian O'Leary were the other two subs after that came off that. And I don't think anybody would have seen them play before. Like Dublin people who watch club football would have seen them play before, but not okay. in the county scene. So there is still that drop-off, but maybe these guys come through and, 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 are, and are at that level as well because Odell certainly felt, it felt like it was an important day for him today. Okay. Oh, and stay with me for two more minutes just because I, I want to come back to you about, uh, yeah. about uh, Mead and a little bit about Kildare before we go. But um, we've got Ryan um, with us. Uh, Ryan, you might unmute your mic there and uh join us um ryan i don't know where you're from but the the, the picture of hill 16 in your twitter profile uh would suggest <laughs> to be you're a dog you were, were you in there, poker yeah. today i was yeah i was there for both games yeah good stuff and uh would you agree with what Owen was saying there is that something is um you know maybe not the seven in a row team but certainly a contender um yeah, it's hard to know with Mead. Like I, I expected a lot more from Mead there today. To be honest, I thought it would be kind of. I think the handicap was six or eight points. I kind of thought oh, it would be a four or five point game. Um, didn't get that at all. Just pretty much it was over once the goal went in. Um, I thought Lorcan O'Dell was brilliant at centre. They used him as centre forward, kind of as a link man between the. In, they left Costello kind of rock and con inside. And they used him kind of to like transfer the ball up to the lads quickly, rather, rather than having that massive gap of say 40, 50 yards between your say when the ball's down the half back line, right up to the full forward line. But um, yeah, I was just I was shocked with how bad Mead were. To be honest, I just couldn't get out. I thought they were going to come and give us something, but just yeah, it was game over really after the after the goal. Yeah, like as a Dust fan, it mu- like. It must be even disheartening. Like you feel like you come back to the pack a little bit, and it's like, right, man. I know you want to keep winning Leinster titles every year, but you almost want the challenge at this stage. Like you almost want me to say, "Come on, we'll we'll put it up to you and at least force you to kind of know what Dublin are made of." You know, and how hopefully Kildare do that in a couple of weeks. But you know, it's like the last thing Dublin need, especially after losing last year, and especially after getting relegated to the league, is kind of like. Uh, waiting around in the All Ireland quarter final, not knowing what kind of form they're in because they've had no challenges in answer. Yeah, like I don't like this would have been the one year where you would have said if Mead are going to have any not hope, it's probably a bit disrespectful, but like if they're going to have any chance of being Dublin, like that, like they had to smell blood today. Like especially with you look at the league, like like and that could have went wrong, did go wrong for Dublin. So like if Mead had got a strong start, you kind of thinking right, they're rattled here. Like shit, maybe it like it, it it all is crumbling in front of us. Like, but just net like Dublin just completely destroyed them on the kick out in the first half, and me just never got a chance then. Pretty much from that, like Dublin won. I'd say I'd be sh- shocked if it was less than seventy percent of Mead's kickouts, anyways, in the first half. And then I think they only had one wide from Fenton. I think in the first half out of one sixteen. So like, like they just ruthlessly yeah. dispatched them really. But I'd be worried about Kildare now, to be honest. Uh, I I just think they're going really, really well. They're full forward, like I don't know, I don't know if the coverage would have picked it up or there be any analysis on it. But 
the Mead played two or three like very good crossfield balls in that cut like the Jordan Flynn or Jordan Mars sorry uh, goal chance at the start was one and then they had another one or two as well where they just completely carved open Dublin like and I'd be kind of looking on like if that's Daniel Flynn or Jimmy Hyland now like I'd be a lot more worried so yeah. I think Kildare probably had the midfielders to match Dublin as well out there around the middle like so I think it'll be a different test for Dublin but I suppose at the same time like if if Dublin bet Westmead by a couple of points, they'd be everyone be kind of the, the alarm bells would be ringing. So I don't already know what to make of that either. That's a fair point, actually. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, Westmead definitely put it up to Kildare. But would you agree in general what Ryan's saying, Owen, that uh, there there are parts of Kildare that look like they could match up well to the Dubs? Yeah, definitely. And I think um, Croke Park actually suits Kildare. Like they they look good there today, and like as I was saying earlier on, when, when you're clutching at those draws with regards to what Mead put up, it's not for Mead's sake; it's for Kildare's sake. And looking at areas where Dublin might be fallible to make this a contest in the final, and it, it is chalk and cheese when you look at those forwards. Like that Kerwin Flynn Highland full forward line is exceptional, and Flynn doesn't even do the heavy work when it comes to scoring anymore. Like he plays a little bit deeper. He made a couple of good runs from deep today. There's maybe an argument to be made that like it, it, as the championship goes on, you, may, you maybe want him closer to goal and you maybe need him contributing a bit more. But Highland and Kerwin have have a heavy share of that. And Ben McCormick at, at 11 as well. I think he kicked five, six scores today. Most of them from play as well. Uh, he's outstanding. So like they have a lot of different scores still there. And it is that old frailty of, you know, the, the, the amount of opportunities that, that they get and will they be able to convert them? Like, is that, is that still going to be the, the modern frailty? I think they have the forwards to maybe kind of stop that happening again. They did have a lot of wides as well today, though, Kildare. Like they scored a lot, but they missed a lot. A lot dropped short as well, it fell. So they have, they have a bit of work to do. Like, and maybe it's because the Dublin game was the second game and it felt very familiar to a couple of years ago. Like, I was, I was definitely all in on this Kildare-Dublin game being a big contest in the, in the final but it just feels that Dublin pulled up even after being 13 points up and I think they just have a gear to go to that Kildare don't have but like it, it will be interesting to see that match up with that full back line and, and what Dublin do to try and stop them because that seems to be the Achilles heel this year doesn't it that, that Dublin defence yeah. Ryan before we let you go I'll let Owen go as well Owen uh, you can catch on uh, OTBAM tomorrow morning at half seven to give you lots more analysis of what he saw in Crow Park thanks for, thanks for coming on Owen uh, Ryan before I let you go uh Kildare win, uh, they're winning the league. The league is the league is the league is the league, I know, but there's not many Leinster teams have experience of beating Dublin. Uh, was that in any way <laughs> concern you? Um, it's hard to know, because like, I would have been of the opinion member in 2019, Kerry bet Dublin in Tralee under the lights, and I remember thinking, oh, like that's a big scalp now, like that'll... that'll that even though it's only everyone says it's only league, but I thought that at the time, oh, that'll be one now. Like when it comes up to Croker now in September, that'll stand to them like a tight battle like that. But I don't know. The only thing I'd say with with that game was is that Dublin would have been missing Khan and Costello, and I thought like you can see the massive difference that they make when it's the two of them inside along with Rock. Whereas when it's just Dean Rock and the two lads are missing, there's no real kind of like directness really in their attack or anything like that like even a lot of the scores they got today were whether it was Costello or Khan winning the ball and then you had someone just running at pace and it was just yeah. popped up I don't really think we have that if like Owen's point earlier about the subs was um was very good because I was looking at the bench before they made the late changes thinking oh like like Jesus I, like if you like if you compare that to the 2019 five in a row bench you're kind of going like oh it's chalk and cheese like there's like it's such a big gap like but so if we can keep them fit we should win I think but 
yeah, I would be worried about Kildare, just even with the likes of Daniel Flynn inside. Like, I don't think we have a defender really who can match him. So if they start pumping the high ball in, it could be it could be a different story. It could be my words. Yeah, interesting stuff, Ryan. Thanks a million for joining us. Um, and uh, we've got a couple more callers. You are listening to GA Late Night um, on Off the Ball. It's Mick McCarthy here. Filling in for Tommy this week. Sean McGrath is our guest this week. He's joining us. Um, we'll talk loads of hurling with Sean. He was delighted after uh, a brilliant win for Cork. It's got them back into the championship. We've got some more callers on the line. If you want to get involved in the chat, just uh, just hit the request button there um, on the page and I'll bring you into the chat. Uh, Brian Byrne is with us. Brian, how are you doing? How's things, mate? Not too bad. Brian, what did you want to talk about? Uh, no, I don't know if I missed already, but a uh, Kildare fan here. Um, so oh, great. I was, in, uh, I was in there today, you know, I was a bit more optimistic before we went in about the prospects in the Leinster final, but coming away today, I'm a bit bit more despondent now. Like, so I thought, thought they'd, like, the gap between Kildare and sort of run of the mill Division 3 team, I thought it'd be a bit wider now. So coming away with it, like stumbling over the line with a three-point victory, I thought those days were sort of behind Kildare, but it just seems to seems to always come back to us. So it's not even the old frailties of missing chances, like because the the forwards there are converting and they're at a very high level now. It's just the defense just seems to be open from the minute goal. Like so, it was that goal after five or six seconds, and then just for the whole day we seem very open. And I know people say the Crow Park pitch suits Kildare for the forwards, but on the opposite end, it's doesn't suit our backs at all because we're just very exposed and struggle to deal with it in that sense. So I'd be worried enough again going into Leinster final against Dublin. Um, I was hoping it'd be a different scenario this year, but it's just it's hard to see any change considering what we saw today. You know, that's interesting. Now, without sounding patronising, I suppose. Yeah, is a win over Dublin at this stage like? In some ways, like wouldn't putting it up to them and <laughs> having a Leinster final for the first time in eight or nine years that was worth noting. Yeah, it, you know, I don't. I don't again, I, I don't mean to sound patronising. I know who there will think they can yeah. win it and so on and so forth. But as a fan, you just want to see them give it a go, don't you? And maybe set a, a mark for next year, maybe you know, or for beating them down the line. Yeah, true, true. But like you've come off the the back of last year and the way when Jack O'Connor was there and the whole idea of setting up just not to get hammered and not really having a go. Like so, it, it just that sort of left a bit of ill feeling and a lot of Kildare fans' mouths. Whereas they just want to see a team properly go for it. But it's just the stage of moral victories is I don't know. It's a bit far gone. Like when you play Division One football for the year and compete in a lot of those games. And you've seen Dublin come back to the pack a bit. You'd you'd hope these lads like take the bit between their teeth and kick on a bit. But it's um look yeah maybe maybe we're away in the clouds thinking of wins on the cards. But most definitely I would have expected a lot closer game. But I even first message you said to the few Dublin fans after today is I don't think Kildare would get get within ten points of Dublin now in the final based on that performance. So it's just um. As I said, the forwards we have are little. It's just it's at the back, like we're yeah. as exposed as ever. Like it's it's just like the first goal even shows it. Like it's yeah, it's crazy stuff. Can't be having that if you want to compete. To be honest with you. So you don't share Ryan's concerns as a Dublin fan that like you know midfield and that Dublin would have the same issues that you're talking about at the back with the likes of Flynn and the Kildare forwards. Um, we might actually. Um, we also have Rory, who are um, 
Rory's also a Kildare man, I think. Uh, Rory, are you? Um, I'm wondering, do you, are you as worried as Brian? Yeah, I was there today, and I nearly agree with everything what Brian said. Um, going forward, we know what we can do. Like, out of six forwards, you know, you trust every one of them, but yeah, it's just defence. Like, uh, the two goals are pretty much the same. They just ran, they ran through us, and they overload. Um, uh, yeah, it was just defensively. If that was Dublin we played today, we would have lost by about 15, 20 points. Like, and that's the truth. They just ran like every time Westmead went forward, we were just thinking they could they could score a goal. Never mind, give up a point or give up a free or whatever. We're thinking they could we could actually concede here. And against Dublin, that's not like I know they say Dublin have kind of gone back this year or whatever, but they're still going to be late and going forward, especially with Con as well. Um, like for, as much as the supporters are disappointed the way the defence was today, I think Glenn, Glenn Rydell and the team be as disappointed. So I think I think it will be correct definitely for the final. They'll, do, they'll have to set up something. We want to be more positive in the final as we were last year, but we do know we do have to set up kind of defensively as well, just the way Dublin are. Um, if, again, I'd be happy enough to stay the way we are going forward because... I think the, the full forward line is is lethal dangerous, but it's it's just the defence. It's yeah, it's it's definitely questionable because like that's a you know a very standard, very substandard Westmead team. Like they're in Division Three or whatever, and they they literally ran through us like nearly every time. So it'll have to be corrected. But I suppose we're in a final, and we definitely won't say no to a Leinster final and. I was gonna say I wasn't. Expect- I know. Uh, look, apparently, like Westmead have it in them in their day as well. I was surprised uh, to have so much uh, negativity from our Kildare callers today. Uh, being in the Leinster final, not to be seen as maybe not the Dublin of old, but I suppose it's that Rory that makes you disappointed. I suppose in that, like this might not be the the unbeatable team of three or four years ago. So you almost want Kildare to meet the moment a little bit in the way that you might not be, in in your opinion. Yeah, maybe the way, like, because I know we got relegated in Division 1, very disappointing and all that, but we like we were competitive in pretty much all of those games, um, bar the second half against Mayo, where we kind of, we knew we were kind of out of it. Uh, and then we beat Loud very well two weeks ago. Um, we were probably coming into this thinking, yeah, you know what? Like we're probably thinking, right? We're louder, better than Westmead if we play even ninety percent, eighty, ninety percent the way we did against Lowell. Westmead will call, cause us no problems, and then we'll and we probably were thinking, right? Well, we're probably think we're playing Dublin in the final already, and you're right. Like this, I suppose because we beat Dublin in the league, we're thinking we can definitely do it again. Um, and yeah, uh, going forward, Crow Park suits Kildare, but. You know, Newbridge is a tight pitch, and we defend very well there. And even all the tight pitches around, like the country, we defend well. Um, dog defending, but in Crow Park today, I was well. Yeah, we don't like. I know we're in a final, and we're probably being very negative. But it's just the defense. We know what Dublin can do uh, going forward. Still. Yeah. That's just that is it's it's more of a worry than being we're trying to be positive, but it's, it's a worry though. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's it's uh, it's interesting. I understand where you're coming from as well, uh, Rory and Brian. Both uh, 
pessimistic uh, Kildare fans. Look, as uh, Shawnee McGraw now on the line, uh, sometimes uh, a performance uh, from one week doesn't necessarily reflect the performance of the next week. So uh, I'm sure Kildare uh, players and management will still think that they're in with a chance come double. And I suppose, actually, Brian, before we let the, the Kildare boys go, like a lot of it does come down to whether they actually do treat the Leinster final as the be-all and end-all and as the performance to get up to. And your concern sometimes with some of the Leinster counties is it's like, let's go out and give it a go, but really we know we're in the qualifiers and that's what we're focusing on. And the big game against whoever down the line, Ross Common, is the one that we need to focus on. Like, you won't beat the Dubs unless you go out and say, this is our one and only, this is our All-Ireland final in a way. Yeah, like, you have, you have that aspect of it as well. And, like, look, this year, a lot of the... A lot of the so-called big boys are meeting each other in that first round of qualifiers, and with the change to the systems, you you could be um you could be looking at the opportunity of beating a sort of a four to eight ranked team. So you might get the scalp of Dublin, but you could still find yourself in an All Ireland quarter final, semi final with a bit of luck, depending on draws. So if we do that, like you you're in a Leinster final now, you're going into that second round of qualifiers, and you'll some of these big teams might meet each other in the first round, and you can um. You can pick a team off at that stage. So, yeah, it might be a bit of a scalp to, I don't know, to play a Monaghan or something of that ilk or a Donegal and get a scalp there and stepping stone to Dublin in a year or two. But, um, look, and again, look, we, we sound a bit pessimistic. It's only year one with Glenn Ryan in there. So we have to look at that as well, getting his own stamp on the team. And, look, it, it's probably – it started off a bit better than I think a lot of Kildare fans thought. So we got a bit carried away with the league. But it's just when you've – when you set a standard of that um, – that nature, you just um, you'd like to see a follow through to the summer, but yeah, you're right. Look, a, a scalp of some degree this this summer would, and uh, a bit of a run would probably be taken by a lot of fans, you know. All right, great stuff, Brian Byrne, Rory Walden. Thanks a million. Uh, pessimistic, pessimistic, uh, Kildare fans. Uh, I don't know why I wasn't expecting that. Um, Owen seemed happy with their performance, but um, look, we'll see what happens in a couple of weeks against Dublin. Look. History would tell us it's not gonna, gonna exactly going to go well, so we'll see how they get on. Um, we've got Declan Hare uh, with us. Declan, um, throw on your mic there. Uh, Limerick man, I think, is this a football or hurling call? They're in two Leinster, uh, two Leinster finals. Yeah, we'd, yeah, I would delight with the footballers, and today was uh, it was a good match, but no, it was just what uh, O'Regan has been was saying last week or two weeks ago. You know, we've two of the best hurlers now sent off. And we won't see him in the next match either in the Munster final or down in Innes. You know, and I just wonder, like, it seems like we'll say Austin Gleeson and we'll say Groot Hegarty. Like, really, they're, they're sending him off for very little and getting yellow cards for very little. I just like to think what other people think because it just seems yeah. ridiculous. Like, you have the two right. best tallers nearly in the country sent off again on very... You know, dubious kind of yellow cans. Yeah. You know, I don't stay know what you think. Yeah, stay with us there, Declan. Shawnee, what did you think? You, I, you mightn't have seen um, Gerald Hegarty's yet. You would have seen Austin Gleeson's. There was a feeling for me, a little bit in some ways, that you know, two players were sent off for being who they were today. Like Austin Gleeson, in particular, seemed like he was the the wronged party. And if you're going to get a yellow card for being dragged down and just being in a kerfuffle, whether it's your fault or not, then why wouldn't everybody do it to the best player on the pitch constantly and get them sent off, you know? Yeah, and I mean, earlier in the year, he's he didn't do any real damage to the Northern Park. He jabbed back um, against Kilkenny 
um, in the or against was that against Wexford in the chat or in the league, and he got the line yeah. as well. And you know, your some what did I say? Sometimes your reputation precedes you, um, and sometimes you feel that maybe refs need to do a little bit more. Now that might sound wrong. Everyone needs to look after their own corner on, when they're on the field, but some big players like that, um, and when they have that little edge to them as well, um, you'd wonder sometimes could a referee give them a small bit of the benefit of the doubt? No. Today, yeah. I thought the game I was at, it was nothing in the incident between Robbie Downey and, and Gleeson. The two of them were tangling for a ball. Um, someone said to me after that, maybe Gleeson swiped. You couldn't see it live, so I haven't seen a replay of it, Mike, but um, it certainly didn't warrant a yellow card. Both of them got up. No one was injured. Um, and like the game, the game was always a tough and manly game, but like the, the game now in the modern sort of game plans they have, there's as much, if not even more, contact. They actually go looking for contact. Um, I've seen it in all the games. Like I said earlier, I've gone to the underage games. The template now seems to be, you know, you're, it's a running game. You draw a man in um, and, you 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 know, you get a fill on the overlap. So, like, when you get contact, you know, you get high tackles. You might get a bit of a loose hurley. So, and I know the rule book is the rule book, but I don't know. I think sometimes I agree with, um, with the caller. Liam, is it? Um, Definitely. Declan, I, I agree with Declan there. Um, to have marquee players, to have you know the best players around, not now available to play in a provincial final, is awful, really. Um, you know, it's it's what what's what people go to see. I mean, obviously you go support your county, but you know every young fella will have his favourite player, or even me. Like I still love going watching players. Um, you know, say Kilkenny in Dublin last night. You know, you tune in because I want to see how TJ would do. Is he still got that spark about him? Um, I was mad to see did Mullen get his farm back because I followed some of the Belly Hale stuff so there are players you tune in to watch and you would have an eye in them and then to find maybe you know obviously Gerard Hager and Austin Gleeson have fellas up and down the country that absolutely drool at their hurling skills and definitely go to matches to watch them play um, so without seeing it, the Gerard Hager incident I definitely felt that the Austin Gleeson one was um, uh, it was a bit harsh to be honest um, yeah, yeah and, and yeah maybe that reputation stuff which isn't right either because Look, all the best players, all the top players, well, not all of them, but a lot of them will will play on the edge anyway. Um, you know, they, yes. they, you know, and Gerard Hegarty mentioned recently in an article about, you know, kill or be killed. No, obviously he was taken out of context a little bit, but I got what he was saying. You know, it's attritional, it's tough going in there and you're going to get belted. Um, you're going to get a little bit of stick and you have to look after yourself. And most of the time, all these fellas do is look after themselves. None of them are malicious or dirty players. Um, you know, and I think sometimes referees, linesmen calling them, umpires calling them to give them the update. Sometimes you'd wonder, is it just to almost get your name associated with giving a fella a car? <laughs> sometimes you question yeah. Look, I, 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 as you know, I'm a, a, a Clare fan, but I have to say I thought Haggerty was very unlucky. His first yellow card, like probably his own fault, really, is David McInerney, who was on a yellow, stood in front of him for a sideline and he just hit it into him. But you know, at the same time, is that a yellow? It's questionable. Then the second half, like I don't know, it, it was a, it was probably a foul. He tapped him on the hand accidentally, and then just left his hurley in. But people are saying that like you leave your hurley in on TV. And they were saying like you leave your hurley in, you leave yourself open to it. But he didn't yeah. go on the strike as such. You know what I mean? So you just have to you have to. Go. It was one of those ones that went to the linesman and it went to the umpires, and the ref clearly hadn't seen it. Surely you just let it go and give the free and play on, but. Yeah. Um, you know, it was he was playing very well as well, and I, I 
you'd like to think he wouldn't miss the, the, the Munster final over it, but um, we'll have to see how we go. I want to get to Shane, um, who's been trying to get on for a while, and I do want to get a Waterford caller on the show. Shane, are you with us? Hello? Hey, Shane, how are you doing? How are you doing? <clears throat> I just wanted to ask Shawnee, number one on the, obviously the two-day cars today, but number two, are Waterford actually being overhyped? Since I, the league, yeah. yeah. What was the first part, Shane? The first one was the two red cards. I thought personally, myself, the two red cards today were are very because of who they were. Yeah, the, like the if that was Matt Nolte or that was Declan Hannon, would they have been red cards? Personally, myself, I don't think so. Yeah, I think we've covered that already, Shane. To be honest, but like, yeah, I, you know, I, I know, but, I, but on the other, on the second point I had was, I'm Waterford just like. They've played three championship games this year, and I'm a Watford now, and a big Watford supporter. And we weren't impressive in any of them. Yeah, fair, fair enough, Shane. And what I was saying earlier as well is, um, well, I suppose I was given the example of Cork versus Waterford, like that, you know, Cork are every bit as experienced as them. Um, and, you know, we're going into the game as underdogs maybe because of the last two performances, but not because I think they're a poorer side. Um, yeah, I'd like, like to give Waterford their due. Like when they move the ball and they move it well, I don't think there's a team, and I'd even put them up there with Limerick. When they move the ball well and it sticks and they get the runners, um, they're as good as what's out there. They have players individually, Tyg de Burke, uh, lads, he's top class. Hutchinson, top class. Obviously, Ozzy is as good as you're going to get. Um, Jack Prendergast, Jack Fagan, all these fellas. Um, really, really good. But I like, yeah, it's a good point. Like they, they just. The top teams, don't they, Shane? They just respond. They respond um, in pressure situations. They respond when they go down three or four points. They get the next score. They hang in there. You know, the free taking today left them down. And teams, top teams also respond when they have to play in a, you know, <laughs> when they have to play in games like they had to play today. They were playing against the Cork team that had nothing to lose, really, I suppose. Um, but they just, they just seem to be playing like a team under ferocious pressure versus Kilkenny, who, you know, obviously were desperately disappointed to lose against Galway a couple of weeks ago. Um, they played Dublin last night. Dublin were on their three wins. Um, they were playing at home. And just the intensity, the ferocity, the key players stepping up, um, the young players coming in, like Ian Kenny got four points. Um, Mossy Keown got two goals and a point. They just had fellas that stood up and answered the call. And... Yeah, I think there's a bit of a question mark after today. Now, as regards Waterford, I still think like they have to get a result on the other side. They have to get tip beating Cork. Um, if that happens, I would still think that Waterford have enough to go um, and be clear. Like, I don't think they're going to become a bad team overnight. But I did read on Twitter and some of the apps there what um, what Cal was saying, Shane and and or Declan. Is it sorry? I'm getting the name. Is it Shane? Is it? It's Shane. Yeah. Shane. Shane. Yeah. Um, like, I'd say Cahill is... I'd say Cahill is absolutely vicious, like, because I think he described them coming back as, like, a team that played, like, like they were like a car driving on dirty petrol, <laughs> which, was, which was a good description. Um, there didn't seem to be any cohesion. There didn't seem to be any bite in their play. Um, and certainly from, from me, like, I've seen loads of league games that they played in. I've seen loads of the players they have playing college stuff. I watched the Belly Gunner stuff. I went to Belly Gunner against Kilmallock in the Munster final last year. Went to the Ireland Club final against Belly Hale, um, you know Hogan, Desi, these guys, they're top top class, and I was surprised today. Um, 
psychologically like I thought psychologically they you know had that sort of winning mentality in the in the side I expected them to win and win by five or six points so yeah you could be right Shane there could be question marks over the side after after today's performance Shane what do you think yourself because there is a there's definitely the concern Sean is talking about there like Waterford have still to this day never beat anyone other than Tip or never not lost anyone other than Tip even in the uh, in the uh, Munster Round Robins, you know, uh, you know they played well against Limerick. Everyone thought, you know, they put it up to them. Still didn't win, and then now, now look, it, it looks like it's cost them, and it could it could end up being a year of you know not getting out of the group again. It is, but like, did they really play well against Limerick? They played well probably for fifteen minutes in the first half. They got a, a fortuitous goal and a good goal, but one point in the last 25 minutes probably wasn't, isn't they? That just proves you're not going to win at and if you can't score. And in other games like Tipperary, we probably walked out of Welsh Park the first day going, we left something behind us here. And that's, that's the big thinking, I think, in Watford anyway. After yeah. the league, where the league was good, but... There's been no improvement from the league, and certain the big some some players have played well, but certain big name players probably haven't put a hand up since the league. Mm. Maybe likes of Bennett or uh, you know no scores from play. They like tied the Burke kind of sitting back too much. Mm. Like if you no. look at the Tipperary game in Welsh Park, most of the scores probably came from where the Burke should have been, where he was. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. My few Bob on uh, Shane Bennett at eleven to two to win uh, or eleven to one was it to win hurler of the year? Doesn't look too great now, Sean. Yeah, no. Do you know what? Um, I I get exactly what what Shane is saying there. Like, um, like it is debatable. The goal that that they got was it um was it Prendergast got the goal in in the Gaelic rounds. It was kind of against the yeah. run of play. Maybe you know it flattered them a little bit. And like in the first half against Tipperary. Were, were very very flat. Um, no, they did. They definitely turned it into it, and they had a good second half. But I get his point. Like I definitely thought after the league final that they were just going to blitz this group. Um, really, really take off. You know, they play a really exciting brand of hurling. They have strength and depth. They've got good guys to come off the bench. I mean, they were starting championship games without Jamie Barron. I certainly didn't think <laughs> at the start of the year that Jamie wouldn't be starting because for me he's a Rolls Royce of a midfielder. Um, so they were able to keep him in, him, in, him in reserve now I know he was coming back from injury as well um, so when you see that and then you see the way they completely blew Cork away in the league final the way they were able to, able to open up teams and get goals it reminds you a bit of Kilkenny and the Naughties instead of taking the easy op- option and slipping it over taking the extra step drawing the man giving the pass an accurate pass and then lethal finishers they just look to be you know, the complete docker, the real challenger to this great Limerick side. So I get what he's saying. Yeah, they've kind of limped over against Tip, did well against Limerick, but maybe the goal put a bit of a gloss in it in the, in the second half. And certainly today they were very, very um, disappointing. So I can see as a Waterford supporter where he's coming from and they'll just, ex- they, like they have a tough job. It's a tough ask now after a disappointing defeat today. You know, Cork had a gap in between their disappointing um, games and I think that extra week stood to them. Whereas, you know, Callas get him down the field now on Tuesday night, dust it down, get the old, as he called it, the dirty, the dirty petrol out of the system. And, you know, <laughs> try, and, try and get the mood right. And championship as well and teams, it's all about the mood. Like, if you feel good, 
you know, if there's a bit of a happy camp there, if there's a bit of a buzz full of cracks a joke and you can have a laugh off it, you know, I can imagine it'll be a serious camp, um, you know, and they're depending on other results. So I get exactly what he's saying. I'd say Waterford fans will be disappointed with the, um, with the three games to date. Without a doubt, yeah, it's been it's it, it's not it's looking like a lost season in some ways. But you will see how it goes. Cork still have to beat Tip, as you said mm. a few times there, Shani. I know you're you're not taking that as for granted as I am, of course. Shane, thanks a million. Um, I just want to go to the other match then briefly before we go. Declan, are you still with us? Um, uh, we're we're nearly out of time. Uh, as I said, two monster finals. But look, Limerick today, I thought in some ways were very impressive because. Nothing to play for. They knew they knew they were already in the Munster final. They let uh, Glan off uh, for the day. They tried out a few new players, but I think most aggressively seemed to really go for it and had some good performances. Uh, what did you think of it as a Limerick fan? Every, yeah, look at it. It was a great, you know, it was a very good match, and, and we enjoyed it. Now, I mean, again, <laughs> you know, Limerick. It wasn't essential. And the way I look at it, there's two vital matches. If we get to the All Ireland semi final, the All Ireland final, that's when you're hitting and playing it at your best, you know. Because, um, you know, we were like, we, we, we were going in, having already qualified, you know, we'll have a monster final now. But the main thing is All Ireland semi final, All Ireland, mm. and be at their total best on those matches. Mm. <laughs> You know, because I think, you know, I mean, and I suppose, you know, and that's really where the, the focus should be, you know. But they did well, and, you know, and the fuel, and the, the lads that came on, Robbie Handy had a good game, you know, you know, and the few of the younger lads that came on played well, you know. Um, and Oshin O'Reilly got a great uh, pint, and he could have could have been a goal, but, he, you know, he opted for a pint, you know. So it's great to see these lads coming on and, and doing well. And, you know, and I mean, at the moment we're... You know, just it's fantastic for Limerick to be in a Munster final in football, and it's not. It hasn't happened since 1934 that Limerick have been in both Munster finals. So we're very proud of our Limerick footballers as well, and we look forward to going down to Clarny and taking on Kerry, which, you know, we might be the underdogs, but we'll be down there supporting them, full support. Fair play, Declan. Thanks a million. Uh... Shani, I had a Clare caller. I was keeping him for last because, you know, I wanted to uh, to end with a, a buzz. Uh, but uh, he seems to have, I seem to have lost him. Sean is gone. Sean, if you're still there, you've got two minutes to, to pop back on and uh, have a chat with us about what happened in Ennis today. But actually, it's it's kind of where I'll finish anyway, Shani. Like, yeah. when all the previews were happening, it was it was a mixture of what in what order Limerick, Waterford and Cork we're going to come in um, in Munster. But, you know, when Claire bet Tip, it was, uh, sure, this isn't tip year, Tip's year, they're in transition. When they bet Cork, it was Cork were in crisis and went into, you know, and played Limerick today and, you know, could have won the match, could have lost the match. It wasn't a perfect performance by any means. But even with Limerick missing some of their top men and maybe not having as much to play for, you know, Claire definitely showed that this is actually for real. There's we, we, we can make excuses for the other teams all we like, but they're unbeaten in three and in the Munster final. Well yeah, they're a serious they're a serious side and they're a serious threat to, to Limerick, Mike. There's no doubt about that. Um, I mean again I mentioned it earlier. They should have beaten Cork last year in, in the Gaelic rounds. Tony Kelly is an incredible hurler, but he would have been really, really disappointed with that strike last year. Um, and yeah. you go back to that team without Shane O'Donnell and, and Peter Duggan, 
Um, you throw him in this this year now. I read a great article this morning on the Independent. It was kind of just about Claire Hurley and Brian Lone, and you could see it after the Cork game. He went to the new stand and then came back to the old stand and stood for a couple of seconds and kind of saluted the Clare supporters. And the oration, the ovation, the sort of clapping that they that they gave him, like you know, he's a hero to them. And the players, the players seem to just really play for their manager. They play in his style. They're honest. Um, sprinkled in with some absolutely incredible hurlers like Kelly, Shane O'Donnell, Peter Duggan, John Conlon. Um, and 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 Lowen then seems to be able to mix the modern game with a bit of teak toughness, and then he's gotten fellas just re, re, re-energized. David Fitz was kind of struggling, but I thought in half back line he's gone out midfield. Now he's like a, a new player. Um, it just you know Conlon, you know having the sort of balls, excuse the phrase, going back. I think he might have won an All Star in the forward line to go back and play so well um, at centre back. David McInerney to go from the full back line and go on the wing. And the hurler of the year so far, if you were to pick one, is probably the corner back, Rory Hayes. Um, mm. You know, just absolutely an incredible hurler. Um, and I spoke to some of the Cork attackers after the Cork game, um, and he really caught them. You know, they didn't expect him to be that good. <laughs> so, um, you know, as a side, they are playing really, really well. Are they a surprise docket? I suppose maybe, like, you know, I had him maybe tipped with Cork for third place. Um, but they look, they have surprised me. Um, their skill levels, their pace, the way they move the ball. Their aggression, um, as I said, I think they're going to be at the start of the year. I would have said it was Waterford, but as it stands at the moment, you know, there's a bit to go yet. They're the probably closest mm. challenger, probably with Kilkenny as well to to, to Limerick. Yeah, um, I was going. Look, the other thing is that you know you've got someone like Aidan McCarthy's almost back fit. David Reedy came on today as his first appearance in a long time. Shane Meehan was back, so you know a bit of strength and depth in the forwards is something that Clare haven't always had in the last few years as well which I think might stand to them um, and a little bit of competition for places as well so it'll be an interesting Munster final it was a real hell for leather kind of occasion today so I think that's something that you know um, people will welcome seeing against Limerick as well I think people uh, sometimes maybe a little bit uh, fed up with seeing Limerick run away with games and physically dominate them they didn't in this one you mentioned Kilkenny though they were so good against Dublin and we are totally out of time Shawnee yeah. um, uh, I think in some ways like Dublin so many times were back to the seed especially against Kilkenny it's like they don't really believe in themselves against it, against them in Parnell Park but at the same time Kilkenny were ruthless last night and you mentioned it earlier they were doing it with lads that aren't household names I know like I mean that Kilkenny no why are we surprised, you know, with, with Brian Cody on the line? But just his ability to kind of get fellas in, move them around different positions. Like, you know, I saw some of the Belly Hill stuff. I thought Adrian Mullins' energy levels last year, the club scene were just down a bit. Oh, my God, the guy is hitting for, you know, contesting with Rory Hayes for all the year. He was absolutely brilliant again last night um, and had played well in earlier rounds as well. Keane Kenny was outstanding. You know, he brings in Mossy Keown, gets two goals. You know, gives TJ that roving role. Do what you want, TJ. Billy Ryan. Um, they're just, you know, Paddy Deegan. I mean, I did, the player of the league for me was David Blanchfield. And Blanchfield comes on as a sub then. <laughs> you yeah, know, he's just, barely getting a look in at all. The game get, was over by the time he came on, yeah. Barely, yeah, nearly over. So, yeah, they're just... And you could see it. I didn't take any notes of that whole handshake thing with, with Henry. I just thought it was... You know, him so disappointed. Um, and Henry is fine and tough as well. You know, they're two good, brilliant hurling men. Um, mad eager to win a championship game. And I think Brian Cody was just disgusted to lose the game the last day. 
and I'd say he rammed it into him in training um, and he's going for that Leinster final he wanted to get out of the group and they just played with a team on a mission um, and again like I mentioned earlier about the Waterford side you know what impressed me earlier in the year anyway about them was their ability to get goals and go for goals and again none more evidence last night you know Mossy Keown's goals like the first, especially the second one when TJ kind of cut in just you know and another forward would have slipped it over I probably would have slipped it over myself to be honest Mike <laughs> but you know the ability of, of Keown to swivel and to hit low um, just goes yeah. to show that you know the killer instinct is very much still alive inside the Kilkenny Definitely, definitely. And look, it'll be some game now next uh, next Saturday night at uh, Nolan Park. Wexford fighting for their lives. They've been so poor so far this year. Like, it's worth noting. Like, I thought they were very poor against Galway, very lucky to get a, a result. They lost to Dublin, both of those games at home. And then, as much as it's a, such a brilliant occasion and night for Westmead, and the performance that's coming, it's very important to say that about Westmead. They've been competitive in every game. They've put it up to the dubs, they even put it up to the Kenny for about 50 or 60 minutes, so fair play to them for getting the draw, but if you're Wexford, you're just sickened, like, I mean, this is, talk about Waterford, you know, when we're talking about going into the league semi-final, Wexford were seen as a team that had put it all together a little bit this year, and it just looks like it's it, it's gone from them. Very disappointing, yeah, and I mean, the last couple of weeks, say their 20s performed reasonably well in that Leinster under-20 final, um, it was a kind of a dreary night, it was on Tina G there, I watched it, and you know, Kilkenny, you know, they were pulling away and in fairness, Wexford showed a bit of spirit, very unlucky not to get an equaliser in the end. So you would say around the county there was a bit of positivity, a bit of a buzz, uh, go up, get your result against Westmead and have all to play for then in the final game. But yeah, just back to kind of basic mistakes, free taking was meant to be off a little bit. I didn't see it, but it was meant to be off a little bit and they seemed to be struggling. You know, Rory O'Connor's taken a few, Lee Chin's taken a few, two exceptional players, mind you. But, you know, just again today, then down and watch Parks, even Bennett missed a few. You get your reliable free taker and he gets his 9 out of 10. It just gives you so much of a cushion, say, um, when you get your freeze, you know your man is going to put it over. So, yeah, they just seem to have regressed a little bit and um, they're going to be under first pressure next week. It's going to, it's going to be very difficult yeah. for them to get a result in Olin Park. That's a great point about the free takers. I mean, if you look at, uh, look at Ennis today, for example, Tony Kelly just hitting one from the sideline from about 110, 120 yards, just straight over, never even looked. And David Burns is doing the exact, exact thing on the opposite side and just, like, nerves of steel all the way through. If you if you don't have that, you're just losing how many scores a game and how much momentum and everything else. Johnny, I've only gone uh, 10 minutes over, which must be... Uh, <laughs> I, I think I'll call it a day at that before I start getting in trouble. But uh, thanks so much for joining us. It was uh, it was great having you on tonight. Uh, a good night to get you on as a cork back. <laughs> uh, who'd have thought it? I thought I was bringing you on for a post-mortem, but sure. Look, I, look that's nice it. The, the hurling gods knew you were coming on to talk to us tonight, so they had to give you some positivity. Yeah, no, it's just great, Mike. We were disappointed to be bit by Kerry, but at least we're, we're hanging in there in the hurling. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. We'll see how you got on the qualifiers and the football. But uh, Johnny fans. McGrath, uh, All-Ireland winner, 1999. Thanks so much for uh, for joining us tonight. Uh, brilliant stuff from Shawnee, as always. Uh, just want to, look, you can listen back to the show um, on podcast. It'll be up tomorrow morning. Obviously, lots of GEA to come uh, on um, Off the Ball. Uh, we'll have a reports roundup for you later tonight on the GEA podcast feed. Just search out to BGEA on any of your podcast feeds and you'll get it up there we'll have loads more tomorrow morning OTBAM half seven uh, Anthony Moyles I know will join very disappointed Anthony Moyles will join the lads uh, there to discuss uh, Mead's defeat and I'm sure lots more as well 
Uh, and we'll also have lots more, including Eddie Brennan uh, will be on uh, the radio at uh, about half seven tomorrow night on Off The Ball. But uh, thanks a million for everyone who uh, spoke tonight, who everyone who joined us, a few people who have requested that we haven't had a chance to get to, and even the one Claire man who was on who went away before I could call them. But uh, again, thanks a million to everyone for listening. Uh, Tommy will be back with you here next Sunday on OTB Late Night.